0: A word to the wise. We are an explicit podcast tackling content with adult themes as well as entering spoiler territory if you aren't caught up with us. Also, this week we ended up reading a little bit more than what we said last week. Um, Just, what, 10, 13 pages, something like that. We're reading through chapter 73 rather than through 71, as we said at the end of last episode. So, blame Crossland, because that's what I always do.
1: this is cross and i'm pj and we are words and whiskey a podcast for veteran and novice readers alike. we tackle fiction novels and love to talk about what we're drinking you should think of us as your intoxicating weekly book club
0: mm, yes you should we just got done spending a whole bunch of time together that was pretty funny. I mean,
1: we did we did it was a it was a good time for sure
0: mm-hmm. but now you're back in that stupid other state that's not this cool one so
1: you know I was I was at maybe just a little bit of story time I was away for 10 days um and uh got back to the apartment and I didn't have the air conditioner on naturally because i was gonna leave it on when i was away and i came back and i turned it back on and then like two hours later i was like wow did i just forget what humidity is like and i was sitting and i was like it just feels really warm and i go back and my air conditioner still hadn't clicked on despite me turning it on because i flipped like the fan button on but didn't actually hit the on button mm. so it was still 78 degrees um in my apartment for most of the day gotcha. so yeah. it's
0: cool now but well that's good yeah, At least you got that going for you now. I haven't Weep. had my AC on for a couple of weeks. <laughs> it's been great. Nice.
1: Uh, so today is our 11th episode covering Dark Age by Pierce Brown, and we're going to tackle chapters 67 through 73, like PJ said. But before we do that, let's talk about what we're drinking.
0: PJ, what are you having? I've got a drink in front of me. Um, just one. Just, just doing one drink. It is very light, very clean, very crisp. And uh, perfectly clear, and uh, I had way too much to drink this weekend, so I'm drinking water.
1: <laughs> we um we did have a metric shit ton to drink this weekend, and so I do not uh, blame you for drinking water on this fine occasion of the show.
0: Yeah. It was yeah. Our, our good friend, Bill's, and we mm-hmm. were both in the wedding. Crossland was the best man. I'm sure there's pictures of it somewhere that you can probably see. Yeah. And I I was on the dance floor for way too long and hydration for me apparently is beer. So, you
1: know. <laughs> I mean, you did have like 14 grain belt premiums.
0: I don't count beers, Crossland. That's rude. <laughs> it was yeah. a good time though. It was a, It was yeah. a ton of fun so much fun mm-hmm. and great to see you of course
1: yeah it was a it was a week of very heavy drinking starting with the bachelor party and ending with the wedding so mm-hmm. it was it was good and like hangover breakfast at the original
0: pancake house with way too much food i just had that for dinner like right before <laughs> dumping on the
1: <laughs> leftovers nice that's hilarious that's perfect mm-hmm.
0: that's sweet uh what have you got crossland are you joining me in uh in hydration town
1: I do have a hydration station to the right of me, uh, but in addition to that, I went a little Christy on you, and I've got some wine, so I'm also taking it lighter than an average episode. We did our precursory shots like we do before every episode. Don't worry, folks. But then I'm having a Louis M. Cab uh, from 2018, solid you know, $25 bottle of wine, great for the price, great for what it is. And it's really tasty, and I just want something to uh, to sip on throughout the show, kind of a relaxing drink. I got back today at two p.m. I left at mm-hmm. I woke up at four a.m. and we are here at nine thirty starting this. So yep, here we go. I here needed go. something to make sure that I didn't like I don't know die.
0: <laughs>
1: it's, mm-hmm. it's, this isn't like a wake up thing, but it's you know a uh, relaxant, depressant. It'll be fine.
0: Relaxing. I like that term better than depressing.
1: <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> All right. So with that, let's get into last week's predictions. Um, how are you going
0: to atone for your wrongs here, oh, buddy? Hmm. I guess I can. I can pour myself a little something. We'll just do a little bit of a little bit of Four Roses bourbon.
1: All right, that'll do. All right. So PJ, the first prediction here is Can Lyria oh S- what spoiler alert i have to atone for something which means i'm not right <laughs> um can Lyria be redeemed of her crimes against the julii family and that was from iron rain on daniel green's
0: discord server uh you said my, my response to that was in the eyes of Victra, maybe but i think it will only happen after electra is returned to safely to her and in a crazy turn of events several several will be the voice of reason that convinces her that she's being unfair about all this fucking no to all of that so
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i mean like actually i think that you're you've got a very like clear train of thought there that i think also makes a lot of sense for characters we just you know haven't seen several several hasn't been able to make it out alive so uh you know Mm. right that all clicks. It all checks out. But yeah, fair enough. You had a good approach. You just uh, didn't didn't stick the landing at all. You missed the balance beam. Broke a hip. You know, sometimes <laughs> you got to break a hip. Is what sometimes. I always say. Sometimes you break hips. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So the next one that we have here is from last week. And we said at the end of this week, Lyria is left cold and alone with the corpse of the youngest Barca nailed to a tree. What, if anything, does Liria do in reprisal? You said
0: she will tap into her own traditions to give it some sort of funeral after trying and failing to think of what a gold tradition would be as a means of putting it to rest. Then she'll go find Volga, and the two of them will do what they can to find Victra. All right. This one seems more, less wrong, but still wrong. Like, she tried to give it a burial, and then she tried to go meet up with Volga, and then she found Victra. Like, all those things happened. It's just not in the spirit of what I was saying. So, Also
1: not quite in that order, but I think, again... I, I think that you have a very you had a very logical approach to this one compared to some of them. So this doesn't feel so outrageously off, you know?
0: It wasn't feels order. good
1: but bad. She didn't she didn't get Volga, but she found her. Right, right. The two of them will do what they can to find Victra, you know. And meh.
0: how do you know Volga wasn't doing what she could? Well, what she could do was anything. Go haul snakes <laughs> to other All parts snakes. of the <laughs> All of snakes the and ore.
1: Well, perfect. So we've got a couple of hungover ones left for, you know, the rest of the the show so far. But that's it for this week's predictions. With that, let's get into the chapters. But kind of before we start, I, I wanted to address the anteater thing that we had going on uh, last week. I, I actually I, it was it was hysterical. We got so much feedback on kind of our conversation that we had. Uh, it's been a very meme moment inside of our inboxes on instagram and mine on discord and i've gotten a couple on reddit <laughs> randomly enough uh which is it's super fun definitely feel free to message us send us your favorite bits we, we love to hear of course but on top of that we weren't able to figure out exactly what the call sign was you remember that conversation that bit right mm-hmm. we're like what the hell does an eater mean and we, we got some great feedback from a reddit user sending this in here so lee bronx uh, responded and said, I know Reddit's an atypical place to send this stuff as opposed to email, Instagram, etc., but I remembered your Reddit name easier than the email because Dark Tower plus how my brain works. Regarding the nickname, (laughs) Anteater is a reference to the slur of ants for reds. It's not introduced until Dark Age, and I honestly didn't put it together really until your DA pods. But thinking back to the lyrics of Ephraim's gray marching chant mentioning killing an ant to get your collar after mentioning doing the same for a crow, grays primarily operated as security over the obsidian and reds, etc. So Alice is the Anteater because... Yeah,
0: cause cause he eats fucking ants. He eats fucking ants. He puts them on trees. So I think we we hit that note a little bit, but I I was like, are they are they being that self deprecating? No, that can't be it. But yeah, that's totally it. That's absolutely what it is.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I you're you're definitely right. That was that was just more on the nose, and definitely on on the anteater's nose nose tongue thing. I don't know, <laughs> but. <laughs> spaghetti however however that works for sure also my voice is still recovering so i feel like i'm wheezing like a smoker like a like i'd smoke a pack a day for 20 years right now but yeah thank you so much lee bronx i, I think the marching chant is in ig originally but maybe it's in dark age i can't remember i feel like mm. it's in ig i think because yeah, isn't it in i think the it's antler? in iron gold yeah because i feel like he's recounting it mm-hmm. but regardless I, I answer used kind of as a motif in this in this la- latter half and i'm kind of shocked that we didn't make that connection yeah. ahead of time. So it's pretty cool. Thank you so much for that. And if you guys catch anything else like that, that's really interesting. We may or may not mention it on the show.
0: Just let us know. Or that just makes us look like idiots. Cause I, well, I like putting those in.
1: Right. We definitely put our idiot brain self yeah, in. We're going to do that regardless. We'll just correct it on the next one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that chapter 67, Lyria, numb, Ulysses, poor Ulysses, Unable to make it home to find his island. Unable to be buried in the ground. Um, Lyria is trying very hard at the beginning of this episode, at the beginning of the chapter, to kind of come to grips with this death. And it's a very, like, painful process to witness. But I Mm -hmm. I think it it kind of dives into some of the themes and some of the, the character moments that I think we get over the course of this episode, which is that I think that Figment and Lyria in general is kind of... the The thematic resonance seems to be one of like a motherly implication kind of protect. But this is sort of some of those early moments that kind of lay that seed where it's like she really cares about what's happening to this now dead kid, even though she's staring at him and she's and he's dead. And it's like, well, what do you do
0: with the uh, tough? Mm -hmm. Yeah. God, God, that was so fucking hard to read. (laughs) Yeah, the whole thing was so hard to read.
1: It's a tough opener after the bummer of last week ending, you know, like it's
0: like, oh, thank you for the reminder. <laughs> bummer, bummer, Crossland. <laughs> Super bummer. My bad. Uh, that That's a that's a good point to bring up, though. After last week, I have to remember sometimes that this isn't like an episode of TV or something where everybody's on the same page where they pause. Like they can just read right through this, and mm-hmm. maybe that makes it a little bit less heavy because they like it's kind of an it's not a, a slope up from last, but it's not really necessarily worse, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just get this whole week of hanging out with friends and going to a wedding, and then oh, baby death funeral <laughs> problem. <laughs> so I don't know, that's I don't know why that's hitting my mind right now, but figment. Figment and sort of motherhood and protectiveness is a really interesting thing to, like, make note of. Because for the longest time, I was thinking she was just kind of any sort of task, any sort of thought, any sort of uh, goal. We're going to help you get there and give you Mm -hmm. all these, like, wide range of tools at your disposal. But then, then you get, like... The fact that the home base or wherever wherever they need to go for repairs is called the womb. And there, there's a lot more sort of motherly themes than I had really picked up on until reading this question. Um, I don't know what to make of it.
1: Yeah. And there's I mean, there's there's just so many different kind of looming questions that are left here. Right. Like there's womb. There's uh, the Astartes thing or estarte thing there's the woman atop a bull that actually shows up as the digital hologram there's all of these different things we'll talk a little bit more about them in depth but there's just a lot of questions posed in almost an instant and lyria isn't so much interested in the answers to the questions so much as the utility of what's inside her like she's looking for the usefulness to help her extract vengeance and save her friends first and foremost right But definitely, I mean, definitely a lot of motherly themes kind of circling around Lyria and Victra this week for sure. And we're definitely going to be talking about that more, especially since we spend almost all of this week with Lyria outside of a brief page with Ephraim.
0: And even that is more of a way of showing what the uh, what the message from Lyria was and Mm -hmm. how they received it. It, it. It's effectively all Lyria in my mind basically yeah this is mostly a lyria show which is Mm -hmm. i mean it's also a great
1: episode i mean i i really like this section of the book
0: i do too this makes me like lyria so much yeah without a doubt like how this goes
1: lyria quickly finds herself in the home of Maev Maeve. i think i mean Maeve. oh yeah Maev would have an eye in it Maeve, uh the house of brea's brea's Brea's, Brea's, brea breeze brea Brea. Brea, here we are, the house of Brea's mother and begins to piece together the details of what the Red Hand has been doing in the area, taking the child wives from these mothers, these young daughters for the Red Hand men who join up with the cause and prove themselves valorant and You know, as kind of a prize, but it's a really fucking horrifying prospect. Like, this is atrocious and obviously despicable in every way, in case anyone thought that there was anything redeeming in Harmony's side of the argument. There is not. But her, I'm I'm almost more interested, not more interested, I should say. I kind of want your perspective on her husband here, right? Because he kind of seems indifferent and complacent to what's going on
0: around him. Well, I think you just have to look at the name of the chapter. Numb. Mm-hmm. I think he I think he's just dealing and has been dealing with so much hardship and guilt probably and a whole lot of just shit, just absolute shit for the last couple of years that he's just kinda numb to it. He's just kinda going catatonic at a certain to a certain extent, using the HC as a, a literal escape from his horrible fucking life right now.
1: Yeah, it actually feels very 21st century in that way, you know, like in Mm -hmm. in this unique circumstance, it feels very much like this is this is my way of, of, like you said, numbing the pain. I for me, it this definitely plays in and it's a theme throughout the chapter. Of course, most of the the titles are, but I I see it more as like Lyria not understanding what to do with Ulysses and kind of that numbness. And then, you know, she kind of comes through it. But I, I like that read on it being the husband. I also like that he goes unnamed. Like, she doesn't give a shit to ask about his name at mm-hmm. all. Cause she's like, you're a piece of shit. Like, you don't matter. Uh, Maeve, like actually did also stand by and didn't do anything with, with Bria, but is now supporting her in this moment. Now that her daughter's actually died, you know, the worst thing has happened. Kind now is trying to
0: help Mora. Lyria's still yelling at her though. Cause she's got her other daughter. Well, now. She deserves it. Yeah right and they still didn't they didn't do anything to stop that one right
1: but lyria is now that was kind of the that was my thing Is like she's she's going out of her even though she's being bossed to do it not like she's acquiescing because of force but ultimately she's still acquiescing
0: yeah that's true
1: but yeah it's it's interesting i don't know the the husband like you said i think that's a good read on the the hc and that kind of being his numbing agent
0: like he he even at a certain point turns away from lyria who's pointing a fucking gun at his head Mm -hmm. to go watch the hc some more
1: that's a great point where he's just indifferent to it entirely because like he's probably feeling some deep profound pain which is not Mm -hmm. i mean especially when we get to victor a little bit later definitely deep and profound pain like yeah boy man boy is is right I this think. this is always the the section of book that i think about when i think about how much i love victra that and like her initial introduction and mm-hmm. this one always tears me up but it, it's like it's so properly endearing I don't, I don't know how else to say it like this is yeah not properly endearing it's it is pure <laughs> yeah it's that's not it's still not good because obviously she literally had her fucking kill kid killed but no oh, man I have feelings there. We'll get there. Lots of feelings. Lots of feelings. But man, the orb, dude, like this is one of the things that there's just so many interesting details that get dropped here surrounding Lyria's exploration exploration of the figment, right? Like she's hearing this buzzing. When she touches her head to the orb, or her thumb to the orb, it goes away. When she's touching it, you know, it disappears. She gets this like it's kind of broken thing, return to the womb to get you mentioned that earlier, of course, uh, return to the womb to get repairs. And it's like, what the fuck is the womb? The the voice that greets her and the image that's put in front of her face AR style is one of a woman atop a bowl. Uh, historically and mythologically, there are two really big ones that I think would make sense for Pierce to pull on. Um, one is Europa, of whom is like the namesake of Europe and it's the moon Europa, like big, big deal, kind of in Greek mythology, like responsible for a lot of things and like Daedalus and is connected to her story and the the giant story, the Minotaur and the the maze and King Aminos collecting children, the original Hunger Games, basically. Um, mm-hmm. I hadn't made that connection until right now, actually. I can't believe I hadn't thought about that before.
0: Because,
1: hmm. like, every 12 years, he would get seven... I think it was seven uh, seven boys, seven girls, and put them in the maze. Oh, my God. How hadn't I thought about that until right now? Wow. Wow. Okay. Anyway. But, yeah. you know. So, there's Europa there, who's wife of king, or rather... Birth, Minos, um, was brought to the island of Crete by Zeus, in theory, raped by Zeus. You know, there, there are many different tellings of her stories. Or there's Astarte, who is the goddess of sexuality and war in many cultures in Egypt, in Greece, uh, adopted into Greco Roman, and then on top of that was conflated with Ishtar. And a lot of like early 19th and 20th century people just completely confused that and added fertility to the roster of her goddesshood. Hmm. And so that seems interesting to conflate, especially considering all of the other fertility, motherly themes that are kind of going on right. around
0: here, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I like your sort of dissertation on Europa, but I have – I feel like it has to be a sarte just based on the fact that that name gets brought up literally like two paragraphs later. My – and I do,
1: I do definitely understand the tendency to lean towards a sarte because it's literally textual – but the reason that I think Europa might be the way that it is is because of the invasive nature of the figment. Right. Which is the same, not the same, but reminds me of kind of the condition of the story of the rape of Zeus, the rape of Europa by Zeus. And so to me, you know, like it, in the end, her being dragged to Crete uh, against her will ended up being a very uh, a beneficial thing for her. In a way, there's other conflations of the story from EO or from uh, from Homer that conflate like her and IO against each other. But in general, it to me, it's it's that sort of you are now important because it was thrust upon you. You've been forced into this hero's journey. And that's where I I think Europa fits, um, if that makes sense. Are they ever
0: sort of overlapped as the
1: same? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. There's also that. <laughs> okay. They also share a cult um, actively. So, I mean, there's like there's a decent amount here. Okay. That overlaps for Fair sure. Enough.
0: Gotcha. Because like, like I said, contextually, it literally says who the hell is a Sarte? She was you. Like, yeah.
1: And, and that makes me think that that was the brown. That was our figment, you know? Okay. That was her name was Interesting. Start a start and just to take a, a couple steps away from this we can we can talk about it in whole i just didn't want to miss this but like in figment Safria access granted is latin for uh natos is like born or risen like welcome you're here and then sophira is a is the word for sphere in many of the romantic languages or is near the word for sphere in most of them so clearly it's it's like welcome to your new life sphere access granted her, gotcha. That makes so sense. there's there's a lot of different context of sort of rebirth here. And I think in a different way, this is an interesting kind of subtext. But did you feel like Lyria got more and more confident ever since being infected with the figment? Figment, absolutely,
0: one hundred percent.
1: Isn't that interesting? Where it's like I don't know if this is all fueled by her personality, or if it's like a if it's this kind of like combination of a rebirth that she's experiencing because of the figment in part. You know, there's That's there's a, a lot good of
0: question. Hmm. I think this is kind of the perfect scenario for her to come out on her own a little bit, facing mm-hmm. harmony and seeing seeing the horrors that have kind of plagued her, her people for a long time. Like th- this is the time to step up and be bold. But also, would she have done it without the figment? That's a that's a good question. Or would she have done it so so boldly and in the same way? Right.
1: And, and that I think that's the tough part to answer, right, is is would she have gone through all these steps? Would she she probably wouldn't have been able to pull this all off without the figment, of course, because of the figment. I mean, without the teeth thing, like, let's just consider that maybe she had the teeth. But the senses were really what saved her a couple of different times. So, yeah, exactly. <sighs> Definitely, man. So we, we kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier, but. We then begin to find a lot of the things that figment had might have used before instead of the sphere disguises, different eye contacts, currency, passports uh, three different currencies. The old society currency, the uh, current Republican currency and seemingly Quicksilver's currency. Mm hmm. That's interesting. Mm hmm. Um. Among, like, other unknown tools, right? And a whole shitload of fake acid-holding teeth, <laughs> which are important. Uh, she then, of course, makes her way back with the teeth in tow and is dolled up by Maiev. They weren't in her toe; They were in her butt. Well, they were eventually in her butt, <laughs> but, like, in tow, in a bag, I'm assuming. I, I, bag of teeth. <laughs> Let me shake my bag of teeth real quick. Shake-a-shake-a-shake.
0: Mm-hmm. Make yeah. Right. Just horrible, like horrible acid teeth maracas.
1: <laughs> oh no. Very dangerous. <laughs> do not bite <laughs> down or do you? it adjusts to your DNA. So you're okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Fuck. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's pretty fucking, what do you think? Pretty fucking crazy. Just the way this whole plan unfolds was so satisfying for me mm-hmm. just cause especially first time I read through it and I was listening through it for the most part. I did some reading, but I, this one was mostly listening and I listened to it a bunch of times. But I just completely passed over the word teeth the first time. Mm. I'm like, oh, that's that's some kooky stuff. <laughs> all right, cool. And I'm like, wait, this, the teeth were important. Let me go back and read that again. <laughs> um, I, need, I need to double check that real quick. Yeah. So it was, it was a really cool way to have this all unfold and play out and give us enough information without telling us the plan ahead of time and let us experience it as it unfolds There's a lot of that which is yeah
1: like like you said it's kind of it's an interesting combination of you know we like to make this comparison often but like guy Ritchie isms right where it's like okay plan and then things happen and then kind of the plan and then things happen and then kind of the plan and things happen and it's you know kind of Mm -hmm. unfolding in live time and sometimes things fail as it kind of backs up and it's um it's a great section i i adore this part of the book
0: yeah yeah it's really well done
1: so with that, we move into chapter. Oh, did you have any other thoughts on the uh, Quicksilver currency? Anything you want to mention?
0: Um, mm, nothing specific, but questions, man, questions. Well, what, what is the question? The question is, how does this connect? Ah. I feel like it's a pretty pretty obvious question. That's fair and lame. <laughs>
1: <laughs> with that, chapter sixty-eight, <laughs> Lyria. Shh. Shh, PJ, shh. Shh, 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 shh. the intro paragraph of this chapter is just wonderful it's a conflicting sentiment of the awfulness that lyria is facing with this fucking incredible beautiful day that she gets to see with like the ocean spray and the warmth of the sun and all these radiant colors and i i just love the way that this chapter opens because lyria generally has this sort of harsh down to earth grounded perspective on everything. And it's, it's nice to see in comparison to some other folks.
0: Yeah. I just liked the, the quote of such a shit infested day when she's talking about what was going on, Mm -hmm. because that's an understatement and a half, man. Like she is going through a tough time, but we haven't really gotten a whole lot of like weather descriptions in this book or in this series, you know, like, I feel like that doesn't come up very often. So it's kind of not, interesting to include it here.
1: Yeah, it's a fair point. I I don't know that we get them that often. We we did in a, a couple of times in like Red Rising, um, and then like I think every once in a while we get like clouds making things dark, but not you know not not this particular. We we definitely get it in like when we are entering a new world, and it's like oh yes, it's you know like Io right. When we're out on Io, it's it's this interesting brown mix, and then you've got the domes of green and you can see this desert storm in the distance. But yeah, not not to this extent. This feels very plain and grounded, kind of like a normal earth, you know, mm-hmm. storm to some degree, or day.
0: Not storm, yeah, but weather. Not a storm at all. Beautiful yeah. day.
1: Yeah, weather. I meant weather.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. Shit infested day though. <laughs> so so good. Mm-hmm. I also like really enjoy after she makes her way in with the other child wives as she's replaced by the picker and kind of Duncan talking um, Leah out of the group, you know, removing the youngest in sort of the proper way that he was doing. Um, also, what an interesting character. We'll talk more about Duncan a little bit later, but this mm-hmm. section is great, but I particularly appreciate how Liria nicknames all the people in like these couple of pages by whatever their appearances in some way shape or form just in her own head like biggest mm-hmm. freckles lioness you know they're they're all they're all fun don't forget that bastard tails <laughs> fucking tails that <laughs> bastard uh slack jawed motherfucker <laughs> slack is uh
0: right very <laughs> very true very explicitly true
1: <laughs> oh man why was she called tails Pigtails. Oh, right. Right. Pigtails. Uh, yep. I, I just forgot. Passed my mind. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that kind of like we were saying earlier, she really changes her tone, right? She's kind of snagged the reins of her own destiny and has decided to do something to save her friends, as well as kind of being unwilling to pass up this opportunity that she could potentially have to kill Harmony. First thought is friends, because even when she gets very close to Harmony, she could have bit in and do it. But she's like, that's not the point, because then I'll die and everyone else will probably die, too. Uh, But she kind of leans like fully into acting like adult and prancing around to pull the attention of the boys, you know, namely Duncan. And I just like that's that's kind of a fun little thing that I, I kind of get a kick out of because she's kind of play acting and that's fun. But there's like a very serious, serious sexual aggressive problem here bordering on on verbal i actually i don't even think it's sporting i think it just is verbal assault absolutely uh, not bordering people I. in in addition to physical assault and all like i mean whatever she's saying she's 20 she's 18 19 doesn't make it any better of course but yeah it's at the very least it's not the fucking kids which they're also taking this is just a complex bomb to mm-hmm. be talking about in the first place but also it just doesn't get better as the chapter goes on it only gets worse
0: yeah yeah, there's nothing good about the way that the men or boys or boy men... What did she refer to one of the guys as? I think man-child or something like that. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, pretty sure Tallow, whatever the big tall dude was.
0: Yeah. But the way they interact with the girls is pretty fucking disgusting. And just absolutely terrible. And you're right, it doesn't get any better at all. until Until the men start disintegrating, which is very satisfying. <laughs> um fair point. But you know, at least Duncan's a little polite about it until he until he also gets aggressive. Like it it's all just I don't know if it's an entitlement that's ingrained into them or if they're just how how does that perpetuate itself so deeply within that? It, it's it's got to be just kind of um encouraged by harmony, right?
1: Oh, I think entirely. Because clearly, even when we get into the later sections where she's like going on her speech about like, if they lay a hand on you, we'll protect you. Leria is recounting and being like, all of these people are so numb that they're not doing anything. They're not protecting anyone. They know that they're rife with abuse, but Harmony really doesn't have quite that precise of control over everyone.
0: So. Oh, I, I took it as she just is straight up lying to them and doesn't actually care.
1: Oh, I don't think it's strictly a lie. I think it's I think she does care at least a little bit. But again, maybe she doesn't at all because it's also the a fucking cockroach as self or as Lyria described. So mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I could take it either way
0: in that case. I read it as just a straight up lie because, because Duncan like shifts uncomfortably and looks at the ground when he, when she says that.
1: Yeah. Because he's like, it's not as though he's honest, right? It's not as though he's a perfectly honest or or good person, as we, of course, find out over the course of this entire section. But at the very least, he's got some quandary with what's going on. Yeah, he's the one who does step out and is like, this is fucked. Like, we shouldn't be doing this with kids. This isn't the mm-hmm. way that this should be going. But he's clearly not against the system if everyone was of legal age, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, just because it's good doesn't mean it's proper. Or better. Just because it's better doesn't mean it's proper.
0: Yeah, because it's better doesn't mean it's good. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Okay.
1: I'm so with you. after the men leave, we we enter a fantastic little section in which Lyria convinces most of the girls of their awful situation and how they might have been able to fight back using some of the teeth. It's kind of a hard scene to witness in a lot of ways, kind of Lyria sinking her claws in, drawing attention and being aggressive and kind of out of character and very very oh what's what's a good word for it she's she's propelling the situation forward and she's pushing through all the difficulty and is i i charming's not right charismatic she's,
0: yeah uh but intimidating it's a tech,
1: yeah it's intimidation it's an intimidation check for sure she rolled like a 19 um she's got like plus seven after she got the figment so she cleared that shit
0: and tears out her tooth and swallows yeah, all the blood that's, that's in front of everybody check for sure <laughs> oh god um
1: and then tells them all to swallow their fucking teeth oh my god oh my god oh god and bad for the intestines but probably okay later
0: yeah. maybe do teeth dissolve in stomach acid
1: i don't think so it's
0: bone i don't think bone dissolves i think it does you gotta feed them to pigs right pigs have very strong stomach acid
1: (laughs) pigs have very strong yeah it's completely different they also got (laughs) gross ridiculously oversized molars that can chew through like fucking anything yeah good point but i i really actually think that it was it was refreshing to be reminded of this with the reds you know like most of the other ones that we found in the series really don't like to be tread on even these you know 11 12 13 year old girls i thought that was great
0: yeah i was honestly surprised and impressed with the way she was able to convince so many of them to go along with mm-hmm. her. Like, I think there were only two holdouts of the 16 of them. That's kind of amazing. Yeah. It's kind of crazy.
1: Not so. perfectly remembering the way that this section goes. For some reason, my brain thought that it wasn't Tails in the end and that it was the other girl that didn't do it. It was not. It was Tails. Fuck Tails. Yeah, it
0: was definitely Tails. Fuck Tails. Yeah. Tails is a bastard person.
1: Tails is a bastard person. That's the right way of going about this here yeah it's it's just a it's kind of a tough time all around so i i couldn't agree with you more for sure Uh, lyria kind of fixing tail's potential to tuck her tail and run (laughs) is very very aggressive for lyria though you know right like this is not a character trait that we've really seen from lyria lyria generally thinks less physically and has been more in a run mood but this is her pushing you know like running away from the situation as opposed to facing it so we're, we're seeing a different side of her but i'm i'm not quite sure what to make of it what do you make of it
0: i mean good honor <laughs> <laughs> i i think this was the right answer because i don't think you could kill her mm-hmm. and let right. things keep going like you she's got to stay alive and i don't think she wanted to kill her either in general right i just am kind of haunted by the description of the sound of a snapping jaw as a wet branch. Like, mm. fuck man. <laughs> that's,
1: um, that's a, that's a fair point. It's a mm-hmm. fair point. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's another quote right around there too, that has stuck with me and that stupidity is not a victimless crime. Of course, this is a conventional quote that applies in a lot of places, but I think Lyria having this analysis makes a lot of sense because she's seen Bria's mom Maeve and she's seen the husband there do stupid things and be complacent, which is kind of stupidity in its own way. And you know she's just kind of coming to terms with you fucking idiots. like all of you just don't realize how dumb you're being when you could solve this problem right now. Right. So yeah, yeah, appreciated that as kind of a punchline in a way literally literally a punchline
0: mm, uh, stomp line <laughs>
1: stomp line fair point not quite American history acts, but yeah close
0: yeah it's good it's bordering. It's
1: bordering that, yeah. After this, all the girls are drugged up per the red fucked up red hand custom. Harmony gives a speech about the war. The women will be fighting, and honestly, you know the the war. The women will be fighting is one of you know pregnancies and whatnot. While these this the speech reads like a lot of the other speeches in the series is this sort of like inspirational praise of you know well-written composed thought of you know you're you're bringing about the future you're you're crafting the the future of the universe because we were lied to and etc it feels like an early darrow speech but for some reason this one reminds me the most of some world war ii propaganda type bullshit that sits on a poster <laughs> you yeah. know
0: for the same reason and with the same sort of uh world war ii evoking imagery i guess this reminded me of nero's speech hmm. in the uh, prologue of red rising for some reason that that that's what was sticking out in my mind when i was reading it that said i would really like to read all the speeches back to back and see how hmm. they evolve and how they compare i think it'd be kind of fun
1: yeah that makes, that makes a lot of sense to comparing adding Nero's speech into it because that is ultimately, I mean, it's a similar type of speech, right? It's like you are the future generation and this is just a different, you know, yeah different version of that to a different crowd and audience just mm-hmm. playing to the
0: crowd. And I think it's even more ironic in that I'm comparing Harmony, the hater of gold, mm-hmm. to <laughs> the uh, arch governor of Mars.
1: Yeah, right. Right. The guy who started the whole thing, who killed Io. Right. Yeah of whom she calls specifically to, you know, holding up this dream of EO. Right. Good call. That's a great, great comparison.
0: Within this speech, though, there's a comment that I didn't quite understand or catch, or maybe I'm missing some context to it, or I've forgotten something. She talks about Nero. Mm -hmm. and What's the actual connection there?
1: So, as kind of Lyria stated, that was a lie to the people, right? Because we know... And she knew, she knows that Ares is Fitchner because she turned in Fitchner and got him killed in right. Golden Sun. It's her fault uh, because she hated him. And so she's sort of rebranding Ares as Naryl,
0: as Darrow's uncle. Okay. And we do know Neral was connected to um, the sons. Oh, Neral was definitely a son, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's the one that got Darrow into it. Yep. Okay cool i understand we're good yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah and he was he was killed by um by the jackal so Mm -hmm. on one of the moons but yeah right yep
0: yep on on video broadcasted
1: live broadcasted live yeah very unfortunate but yeah so she's just spun that as this tale of that's who Ares actually is so right makes sense
0: Mm mm-hmm
1: with that, we move into chapter 69, Lyria A. Nice. Uh, child Wives, which is not nice. <laughs> oh, no. I can't believe you, Pierce. I can't believe you didn't insert, like, one one-page chapter somewhere just to make this not happen. It's unfortunate. It's a bad meme, folks. It's a very bad meme. Oh, no. So. <laughs> <laughs> the- <laughs> But the ceremony in which the men pick their wives is very reminiscent of kind of other red traditions we'd seen or heard about before, you know, all the way back in Red Rising, like that original 55 pages. And it's almost like these reds in the Red Hand really haven't shed the past despite trying to, quote, push forward, quote, and overcome the system, quote, that really put them there. Uh, It it really kind of just inflects upon how shallow Harmony's Red Hand Rebellion really
0: is. Yeah. Isn't that kind of the point, though? Like, yeah, keep red, right. red, and fuck all the other colors, basically. Mm-hmm. They have their traditions, why abandon them. Like, I don't know. It. I guess I wonder if it's really difficult for them to distinguish what was instilled in them as a means of enslaving them and what was, like, genuine culture that should be preserved. Right. Like, I don't it's think so she's... intertwined.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're able to pick that out really effectively at this point, you know? Like, at the very mm-hmm. least, the red hand obviously isn't. Right and and the other trouble here to me is that th- Harmony is responsible for most of the events in Golden Sun. Like she is in one of the biggest instigating instances of one of the craziest scenes in the series, the Gala. you know, Darrow mm-hmm. wouldn't have had to be he's you know, there's two parts, right? One is, okay, there's the suicide bomb around my neck that I just have to activate and I can blow everyone up or I can try to find another way out. He tries to find another way out, but he also screws with Roke in that moment. And, you know, kind of pushes everything over the edge later, too. So I mean, it's responsible for the very end of that book as well. Right. It's very tough.
0: Yeah, it's. But it's clear
1: that she's short sighted. You know, it's obvious. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. I, I'm i genuinely having a little bit of trouble figuring out what her long term goal is. Conquering everyone. OK. Yeah, I guess.
1: You remember when she was like, I have a hundred super red soldiers to Darrow in fucking Golden Sun? And he was like, well, that's not many. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's a problem. <laughs> yep. That's uh,
1: not going to get very far. Unfortunate for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just it just speaks to the fact that, like, she obviously is a charismatic leader. This is a small subsect of a cell that's on Mars pretty much only. And has really just been fucking terrorizing other reds for the most part. And some obsidians to some other colors that get in the way, unfortunately. But, oh yeah, Oy. It's, it's tough. And like you said, the culture thing is kind of the big question. Are they really preserving culture or are they preserving the culture that was forced upon them? Are they owning the culture as their own? Or are they, by not shaking the shackles, are they in fact, you know preserving something they shouldn't be
0: well i think i don't know if it really matters you know either way it's fucking horrible most of them are
1: dead but oh yeah yeah, that too that too (laughs) but yeah i mean i think regardless and like like most of the rest of the series stands for right shaking the shackles is the better option the better way to go
0: right which is
1: what darrow advocated for and that's why you know the republic is the way that it is
0: You know, the whole live for more thing that was mantra of the first book.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. So Duncan, of course, picks our girl Lyria and gets really, really drunk. Like he gets drunk. She's, you know, she's intoxicated because of the wine that she has. And she drinks a little bit more here and there just to, you know, keep up kind of the farce, keeps her head about her through the whole time. I, I think that there's just a lot of like really great summary throughout really great writing that happens throughout here to explain the party. We've seen these parties before we saw one in the beginning of, of red rising. Um, and I, I think that it's just really well done as we move between kind of the parts of the night very quickly.
0: Yeah. Um, you mentioned keeping her head about her and I guess technically she does, but man, is it fucking close? Like it's pretty close to her not being able to handle whatever they put in that wine for her. She is constantly talking about like, fuck this wine is strong. And yeah. barely being able to like keep her keep her thoughts straight. Yeah, and she's
1: talking about like it wearing up and down and like, you know, there's clearly she's definitely fighting it, right? There's mm-hmm. also this question of like could she fight it as well if she didn't have the figment? And, you know, that's kind of the question that she's also holding over the other girls.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. She's wondering if they're going to be even able to go through with the plan. hmm Yeah. Which they do Spoiler.
1: i i've generally um previously i've voiced my dissatisfaction with the audiobook of uh, of dark age and today because i had so much time in the airplane i actually listened to this because i didn't have my physical copy with me and then i reread it when i got home um for for doing notes and whatnot and pe- kind of peeling through it lyria's voice actor destroys this yeah absolutely so well. destroys this entire section
0: no question S- so well done yeah like it the the over the top sort of ditzy impression mm-hmm. that she's putting on goes so well. Like it sounds so good. I really, yeah. really liked how that was done. This whole section, I feel like, was she killed it.
1: Yeah. I mean I mean, even the, the sort of vengeance that happens later, her stand in for Victra, you know, there's there's all kinds of all kinds of different things that stand right there.
0: Mm-hmm. But eventually
1: she does a good Volga too. She does do a good Volga. I like, I like her Volga, I think a little bit more than I like Ephraim's Volga, Ephraim's voice actors, Volga.
0: Yeah, I think
1: so. Yeah. But I do like Ephraim's voice actor. It's pretty much just Lysander that I don't like Mm on the record show. I've learned that again, relisting to it recently. Um, but we eventually make it deeper in the mines as Duncan shows Lyria where they're keeping the obsidian's and other colors who are kind of who are being forced to forced to do labor down in the mines it's here that Lyria kind of makes two moves right one is poisoning the growlers with himanthus because we know that it is a poisonous flower despite being very pretty and the second is in her private moment with Duncan at his home of which is not really you know home just more like a hovel uh but his death is just something else, man. I, I like I appreciate it. I think it's brutal at the same time. I think he doesn't necessarily deserve remorse because he's not fully stopping the thing, you know? Like kinda yeah. like we were saying earlier.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um of all of the men, he seems to be the most God, I don't wanna call him decent because he's not but the closest thing to decent in that he actually like tries a little bit, tries to care a little bit, um, like pushing to send the youngest girl home in place of Lyria mm-hmm. and right. him at least like asking permission for her, asking her to take her dress off instead of demanding it right away, though it gets there. That death's pretty fucking brutal. <laughs> yeah especially yeah. because she makes him watch her watch him
1: yeah yeah and like lying to him even knowing like knowing that there was no antidote to the to the acid
0: you know like <laughs> must have left it in my pants
1: <laughs> yeah taps her pants oh my god you can imagine that visualized you can imagine all of this lyious stuff visualized on screen so clearly yeah this is. This is a perfect episode or two arc interspersed, you know, maybe with some other stuff to fill in other characters, but this is fantastic.
0: Yeah. I genuinely, a lot of this section, I felt like it could have been fewer chapters. Like, I feel like these chapters could have been consolidated a little bit, but.
1: Oh, like you didn't need to separate them? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair i was like i wouldn't cut down the the word or page count but yeah you're right you can totally can join the chapters
0: Mm -hmm. but i mean it's neither here nor there that doesn't really matter that much it's basically Um, just one
1: like if you even consider last week it's like a 70 page part you know
0: yeah yeah pretty much yeah um (coughs) there is there was also the fact in this in this little chunk um She gets Volga's attention and like Mm kind of lets her know (laughs) what was the, what was the phrase? They're like, uh, they're like ugly bears or something like that. What was it? Oh my God. They're like something bears. And that's what like Volga hears.
1: Mm, Like little bears, I think.
0: Or like, I I do
1: remember, I remember what you're talking about.
0: It's funnier than that. And it made me think of like, oh, she should have just gone with like, one of the uh, one of the insults from before. Oh, they're so dreadful, like idiot bears. I say. And the sound of my voice. Volga looks up. Idiot bears. That was it.
1: Ah, yes, yes, that makes sense. That's mm-hmm. a that's a great little stab.
0: <laughs> Geriatric we <love> walrus. <laughs> oh,
1: we love you, Volga. Never change. <laughs> oh man oh man so with that we kind of end the week we end or not the week (laughs) excuse me we almost ended the week after this chapter uh but after actually it's the next two chapters but um we end this chapter with tales the girl with a broken face selling out lyria to the red hand she slowed her down of course by breaking the jaw trying to leave her alive uh kind of for cover for herself of course so she wasn't questioned further but then also she probably didn't want to kill a kid, and then thirdly, because <laughs> she thought a jaw would be enough.
0: Yeah, yep. Um. So there's a couple things that I want to bring up about this. Mm-hmm. One, do you think it would have been even better if she'd gone along with her uh, her threat of stabbing her eyes out? Because she talks about like they they all the girls are chanting, "You'll stab your eye mm-hmm. out."
1: Right. Um, You'll stab your eye out. She'll, she'll stab she'll, your eye out. She'll stab your eye
0: out. Um. But. The last thing, like, when she's talking to Tails and, like, kind of saying, just be quiet, you don't have to participate, just shut up, basically, she asks her if she could read, and when she says no, Lyria mentions that she's now got a backup plan, and that never comes to fruition at all. Any idea what she's talking about? Like, did I miss something, or is it?
1: I do remember what you're talking about, of course, uh, but I'm trying to remember exactly what it is. Um, um, Is that why she threatens her eyes is because she can't read?
0: No, it's it's kind of an aside. I I know. All that I'm saying is I can't remember if it's before or after. Oh, that's a good question. Like, that's a heavy threat. Right. But it doesn't matter because she can't read anyway. No, that uh, doesn't make freckles. that much
1: sense. I mean, it, it would work, but it's not perfect. Some of the other girls push, but not as loud as poor tails. Um, now I've got a backup
0: plan. They Okay, so it's on 578, or it starts in 578. Um. So, 577 is good, because where I'm from, rats get their eyes stabbed out. Right, right. So that's definitely the first reference. Um. Can you read, I ask her. She shakes her head, and now I've got a backup plan. I don't think it gets mentioned again or referenced again, but I don't know. Buzzing, buzzing, buzzing.
1: Hmm. I'm not recalling. I feel like there was something specific about it, though. Maybe that's later. Maybe. I'm, And I'm not just I'm just not recalling. Yeah. This is the part of the book that I've literally only read once. So. All right. Yeah. I'm doing multiple reads generally a week to try to keep it all together. But um, if anyone knows, uh, let us if anyone knows, let us know so with that we're into chapter 70 lyria thunderbottle man we start off this chapter really hard with you know harmony and the hammer right (laughs) it's a fucking intense scene the the hammer the hammer is my penis (laughs) Uh, and it's it's such a crazy scene of course because she interrogates lyria with this hammer and is like smashes her hand and gets interrupted by this dissolving man crashing into the room through the door and into another guy who's also there and the girls have at this point started their acid vomit escape and it seems to be going fairly you know effectively
0: yeah is this where the how many of you are there comment comes from I'm pretty sure
1: this is where that comes from. Yeah. I'm pretty sure too. Yeah. And, ah, fuck Harmony.
0: That's hilarious.
1: Yeah. She's being all aggressive and like, oh, you're a gamma, you piece of shit. I can smell you anywhere. I know your type. I can smell a gamma. Can you see she's fat? And, you know, like all, all that shit and uh, pickers in the room, right? And there, there's just all of that going on. hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It gets
0: gets aggressive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But then after she runs out to try to uh, go check on other people and see what can be done from, you know, command center and try to take care of some other components here. Now that she knows that there are more freckles, Vanna comes in and saves the day, knocking Dickwad Picker flat on his ass with two different shots, one in the head in which he was still kind of like flailing about and then one in the chest. And thank God that that pedo is
0: dead. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Exactly. I think think immediately after this, because mm-hmm. of that conversation about her being a Gamma, this is where I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, no, because Vanna points uh, points the pistol at Lyria, seemingly. Um, and it's a very brief set of like brief little bit of tension. But we get almost this like red Jack Burton plan of her <laughs> shooting the rope to let her go. Mm-hmm. Like, no just give her the get the fucking like knife i'm sure he's got one in his pocket or something
1: mm-hmm. that was that was one of the funniest moments in the book to me i totally forgot about that moment and i just i got floored by it i was like oh my god that is so hilarious like mm-hmm. it just it's perfectly timed like you said it does feel kind of comedic like a jack burton joke for sure yeah straight out of straight out of that great call mm-hmm. fucking trying to be a badass <laughs> 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 Or just a child. I mean, it, hard to hard to clearly tell, but, you know, one or the yeah, other.
0: It could be both.
1: Man, and then the rest of the scene, you know, it's it's so apt, of course, that we're going to be talking about escapes at the very end of this episode, but the rest of the scene is in this escape path that they take through the can. Parasite Figment helping her out is it, just wonderful in the way that, you know, sensing the vibrations and everything and giving her those advanced warnings. It kind of shows us this independence and skill that, like, Lyria has earned throughout her years. In mm-hmm. addition to um kind of the figment kind of tying in you know in other ways yeah understanding this is, reds is one thing understanding and hearing things is another
0: this is where she's like realizing that she knows exactly where uh freckles is and exactly where the uh the red hand men are running around and like she's like wait how the how the fuck do i know this Like, mean, why do i know this mm-hmm. um who is angus again she mentions that like Angus would be proud that all of her climbing wasn't for, wasn't in vain. Oh, was that her brother? Yes. Okay. Older I brother. I couldn't remember. Yep.
1: Okay. Yep. Along with Dagon. Those are kind of the two. Right. Older yes. brothers that are, uh, yeah. Tyrion died. But yeah, that was, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Okay.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I totally agree with you though. It's a very cool, very fluid scene. For sure. Mm-hmm. Lyria, of course, upon arriving in kind of the, the sub office of the can that's overlooking everything with the glass floor, takes a quick piss, quick piss on Harmony's rug after making it in and broadcasts a signal to those who she thinks might hear and help her out.
0: I What I really appreciated about this scene was the transition. And I think we oh, kind of yeah. talked about that at the beginning, how it, even the, the next chapter is Ephraim is super short. It's like, mm-hmm. what, a page and a half or something? Mm-hmm. And it, it feels basically just like a more stylistic way to get across Liria's message. Um, you get a little bit of stuff from Ephraim, but like just that, that transition from giving out a broadcast to hearing hearing the response, I, I just, I appreciate it. I, it's obviously nothing like new, it's nothing crazy, but it's really well done.
1: So one of the things that I really appreciate about Dark Age as a whole is this use of very short chapters like this so that you can get interstitial scenes. Right. Like this feels this makes this scene feel like it's paced like a movie or a TV show naturally because it goes from we're talking Deliria to we're seeing the result of the broadcast from someone else's perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. Like this feels like hearing the rebels call in the Millennium Falcon, you know, stuff like yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what I was thinking. Right. So there are kind of those those moments here. Um, And I I think it's brilliantly done inside of this book to give some of those crisscrossing perspectives, you know, like we got with Lysander and Darrow earlier and kind of the way that those intersect in their own way. And yeah. Mm -hmm. But with that, um, did you have any other thoughts in this chapter?
0: I mean, I'm just happy that Harmony's rug got pissed on.
1: We cruise through that one really quickly, but I think that it's a lot of just fantastic Lyria moments getting to be a badass, right? Like, it's it's a lot of her getting to show off and flex a lot of these, these things that we know that she's capable of. And when she's pitted against her own people, she knows how to manipulate them because she's smarter than the rest of them even before Figment,
0: you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure.
1: So with that, we cut to that interstitial chapter. The only time we're walking away from Lyria, and even then, we're not really walking away from Lyria for the week. We go to chapter 71, Ephraim, from the static. And just like that, we're with Ephraim, Pax, and Electra for a page and a half, like you said. It's just <laughs> a quick update on his status. You know, they've been rotating knights for two weeks on the ships. Uh, his reflection on the heart spike that would, could have been potentially tracking him and that was in his heart and was that close to being able to kill him at any time. And kind of the the obvious, which is the broadcasting of Lyria's signal loud and clear. I mean, not perfectly clear,
0: but yeah, pretty, pretty, yeah. pretty not clear, pretty staticky based on the name of the chapter.
1: <laughs> that's that's very true. That's very true. Mm-hmm. But Ephraim kind of gets this like sense of being renewed, right? Like this is this is a moment for him where he kind of he perks up again. And he's like, well, if I'm hearing Lyria's voice, if I know that voice,
0: that means that there's a chance that Volga's alive. And so mm-hmm. he like flips
1: on like a switch.
0: Even before hearing the uh, hearing the signal, he's talking about how Volga's dead. Mm-hmm. He's kind of trying to come to terms with that. Immediately like going from coming to terms with it to oh no a glimmer of hope is uh <laughs> I don't know, maybe not the super healthiest thing, but in this case it's true, so mm-hmm. it works out. Yeah. I'm curious, are, are they the ones like cleaning up the signal and sent and like rebroadcasting it? Or how yes. how is that? okay
1: yeah i think that's the intent is for them to be the ones that are the antenna
0: okay gotcha i wasn't sure exactly what they were doing with that yes believe that to be the intent
1: but with that we move into chapter 72 lyria one last tooth so lyria's plan to get captured and also leaving vanna with a gold breastplate like a child wearing a fucking trench coat i think is a great one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i just i can't i can't get that image out of my head of like this little gold girl carrying or this little red girl carrying the gold breastplate and like being able to set it down and basically hide in it you know like and this is up.
0: this is the maternity armor too isn't it you you would assume yeah so yeah. it's like even bigger
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah could can definitely hide in that mm-hmm. no no doubt especially for a little kid i i i think that you know the choice that leery makes of course to get captured Is really the only way that she was going to get the access that she needed to reasonably? Yeah,
0: Yeah, she's not going to get in there without really, really heavy resistance. Like it's, it only makes sense to get captured and get brought in and have sort of an an enticing thing to trade or a piece of information to trade. Um, Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I I agree. There's no way she could like no way she could pull this off without getting captured again. Hmm. yeah there was
1: absolutely no way for her to get get through this i think in in most of the context just given the sheer number of soldiers right like it was like okay how do i get to the the prison and have these folks bring me because they're close so that'll be the most secure place makes mm-hmm. sense right so harmony kind of intending to interrogate Lyria for information regarding the other julia daughters that she offered up discovers where the acid is coming from from one of the bodies of one of the girls who died unfortunately uh, but this is, of course, just in time to for Lyria to free Victra using her very last tooth. Harmony is kind of proving
0: to be a fool here. No, uh, why are they in? The, why are they in the same cell? <laughs> like, I still don't understand that aspect of it. Why put her in the same? Are they just too overcrowded? One would assume because she talks about how like these cells were designed for like low level crime and like a couple people to a cell maybe. And now Mm -hmm. they're packed to like a dozen a piece, like a dozen obsidians and grays and other colors in each Mm -hmm. of these like really tiny cells. Yeah. Um, So I, maybe there's only one interrogation suite. I don't know. I don't know how they have it set up, but it seemed really odd to me that they would um, uh, put them in the same cell together. Yeah, I think it's probably a lack of
1: options. Okay. Probably. That would be my only assumption. I mean, it seems as though they pro- likely didn't imprison the Reds often and instead just hung them, you know,
0: so. Yeah, that's that's what a, she was saying. These prison you know, cells were for, like, small fish. Mm-hmm. Anything right. more serious was the gallows, basically. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. But
1: we we go from here of course popping the tooth letting victor go free you know the last tooth victor's murderous rampage that happens here is absolutely horrifying and definitely justified and deserved on the part of the red hand justified on the part of victor's side and deserved for the red hand she's literally tearing through people with her hands covered in gore from the reds who are also shooting each other around her, trying to hit her. Uh, Harmony flees like a fucking cockroach, as Leary even recounts. My God, man, like, this is just such a fucking section. Her mm-hmm. rage, of course, is completely justified, and I think, honestly, most of
0: them probably deserve
1: far worse in the end. Yeah,
0: for sure. Abs- <coughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, they deserved even worse than that, but who doesn't want to get their spine broken by Victor jumping? You know? <laughs> yes please anyway <laughs> i i really appreciated um again just kind of the intro and the the flow of the writing for this whole section but this scene in particular of where Lyria's recounting what she's heard of horse racing i think she said she hasn't even seen it in person but she she talks mm-hmm. about how there's just a, a flash of muscle and rippling like strength and speed when the gate drops. Yeah. And then we're off, you know, that kind of moment. Yeah, exactly. But it's done. It's written in such a way that she doesn't call attention to like, and that's what we see with Victor here. She just goes from, hey, there's this cool thing about horse racing to Victor's fucking pouncing on people. And it it's just fluid enough that it doesn't feel disjointed or out of place or anything like that, or there needs to be more connection. It's just really perfectly timed and placed, and I appreciated
1: it. It's also great because even action described by our four different characters is so dramatically different, right? Like Darrow and Lysander both have fast perspectives for the most part. Actually, I'd say Lysander, with the mind's eye, can kind of slow things down and really kind of contemplate and measure each moment even though it might only take you know the course the entire combat might only take like a minute or what have you but he can he can kind of slow things down darrow it's all rage it's all speed it's all glory lyria is just this kind of clean cut brutality folk like just clean cut description focused mm-hmm. um and ephraim is kind of similar in that way i don't know if that's a perfect compar- he always compares it to things that he's seen before so it's always legacy it's always about his other experiences in war so yeah okay. you know, just just to note. i was just recounting that right now because i was thinking about it i was like you know you can you can kind of pick out the way that each of them think about action as is very different unique to their own character even
0: yeah yeah i can see that that's true it's good it's good it's good, go- it's, good. <laughs> it's good i love it i love
1: it except for the fact that victor's kid got killed everything else was <laughs> Oh. Mm-hmm. Oof. Uh, oof. Big oof. But, you know, of, of course, after the brutal slaughters and everything that's going on here, the conversation that happens between Victor and Lyria is really necessary as they both kind of you know, faced with the quote from last week as they're kind of you know confronting each other about the reality of what's going on. Revenge is patient, right, is what Lyria recounts. And it, it feels like... That patient revenge of like a mother wronged who's choosing to protect her other children the other girls that helped out Lyria there's kind of this again motherly theme that's going throughout the section of sort of this protection that Lyria feels for the girls that she you know, feels responsible for because they're underage, they're child wives. And then there's Victor's protection because she's just having lost someone so close to her. So understands that motherly bond of that potential of losing someone so important to you. Um, just kind of gets it and clicks and goes into action. Understanding that, you know, originally it was about survival. Now it's about protecting those. And I, mm-hmm. I just think that it's really particularly profound and emotional.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Very emotional. Um, there is a pretty risky move here by Lyria, though, because she evokes Ulysses' Ulysses's name. Ulysses? You're not even drinking. I know, but how? Do, how? What's the? What's the? <laughs> Ulysses possessive. Ulysses. Yeah, it's just Ulysses' name. Okay. Yeah, she invokes Ulysses' name as a motivator. Mm-hmm. And or Ulysses' name? Yeah, either way. I think it's That's what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> Crossland's name?
1: Cross's name? Cross's name? Cross says, yeah. Ulysses'
0: name? Ulysses' name? <laughs> Ulysses' name. That's it. Yep. Anyway. There you go. Um, I feel like mentioning that could have backfired horribly. I feel like that could have gone so poorly. Um, Felt a little bit too soon.
1: Uh, here's here's the other part of it that I would just add to that a little bit is that what that means is that she knows Victor knows that Lyria saw because Lyria was there so far oh. after the fact that this is also a revelation that she understands.
0: Gotcha. Okay. I think that that's, that's a good. That's point. my
1: read on it. But you, I don't, I don't think you're entirely wrong. That's a dangerous call out. To, like she just tore a bunch of people apart. <laughs> like I. <laughs> feverishly <laughs> like yeah get but i it. think she's also acknowledging it i think like Lyria is acknowledging it as a means of saying hey i get what happened that's why mm-hmm. we're here and like your revenge is justified but remember revenge is patient and so i think that it's just so well balanced this this is some of my favorite this is one of my favorite parts of this part three of the book with Luria here that we hold on to for, for a while. So I, in Victra and it's just great expository stuff between, you know, the three girls. Yeah. 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 I liked it. I love how Vana stumbles out of the closet <laughs> before giving the razors, you know, knocking over the mops and scaring Victra. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and, uh, it's just perfectly funny for her because she kind of has this like fun spirited character energy about her lion does too a little bit. Um, but I, I feel like the two of them really embody what I imagine as this sort of red spirit, you know, that we, we see, uh, or that we hear about all the time.
0: Right. What what does she say? Something along the lines of I brought you I brought you some armor and these.
1: Mm-hmm. And these, yeah. And then Victor smiles.
0: Mm-hmm. Widely. I like that.
1: Almost smiles. She doesn't smile, she almost smiles. Almost smiles. Because it's a uh, it's a line break and everything.
0: Yeah. Um but she's she's a little a little bit of a spitfire, a little bit feisty, like Lyria is. But she's also young, man. Like it really mm-hmm. kind of points out how young this girl is. How fucking terrible yeah. what they're doing
1: is. Right, right. But she's got enough energy to fight against it, which is also, you know, of course, a, a good thing for her and for the Reds at large. I mean, it, it says something about the character of of most of the Reds, you know. We we've been given we've been given Lyria's perspective, right? And Lyria, because of the actions of Harmony, has been fairly down on her luck. You know, like she's been pushed to the brink, losing her brother, her sister right in front of her. Her other two brothers she doesn't know about because they're in the Reaper's army, you know, and she has Liam, you know, that's the one guaranteed family member that's okay, except for we don't really necessarily know that right now, given mm-hmm. the state of Luna. Right. But there are all these kind of things that are up in the air for her. And so, you know, it's tough to compare her to even like how we'd compare Darrow when we first met him as a Red. It, we get a better comparison i think here with this young girl yes about to be forced into something very awful very uncomfortable had to grow up around it for a couple of years likely because of the red hand but still hopeful you know still yeah. plucky in a way yeah yeah exactly the the scene that we get right after this the one of victor descending This is the one that I've read, I think, the most out of this entire book because I fucking love it. I love the idea of her jumping, her taking out that turret with the razors. It's just all of this, especially this section, this Lyria section, is just made for TV magic. Like, this is in my brain. I can picture exactly how it happens as she's just descending. You've got a big score. You don't have anyone talking. You maybe have – you maybe do like a cutback to Vanna like gasping because she's never seen something so ridiculous. Neither is Lyria, or so absurd, you know? Yeah. And it's just, uh, I mean, it's almost comical and how for them it would be almost comical and dramatic seeing, you know, what a gold can actually do.
0: Yeah. It, it'd be intimidating. I I think is what it is. Yeah. And then the fucking grenades. (laughs) Yeah. Like, just, I mean, all of it. All of it. Yeah, this is comedic and badass and just really, really well done. Mm -hmm. And I want to see it. I want to see this adaptation. (laughs) Fucking give it to me.
1: You know, there was was actually recently, um, and maybe this is something other people haven't heard of, and if you haven't, uh, there's a show with another author called Brian McClellan who uh, recently interviewed pierce brown and was was chatting with him about a number of things mostly about the writer's process and sort of the 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 downer that writing is and can be (laughs) when Mm -hmm. when you're like not in it and you can't do it and you're just like i fucking hate that this is what i do um they they get into that conversation and like sort of their solutions out of it and solutions into it in ways that they cope but they also at the very end talked about um the tv show a little bit and it sounds as though things are coming along. They're aiming for a $120 million budget. They have a bunch of producers. Ooh. He has a bunch of producers and like it's sizable. Interesting. Yeah. So that's they're, pretty, they're like basically just on the edge of a waiting green light. which is That's cool. pretty sweet. Yeah, so that was that was a kind of neat bit of news. I I think two weeks ago-ish. Okay. Something like that. Maybe three by the time this comes out. But that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's definitely something question is, is like, do you go all the way through the series or do you do the original trilogy and then wait a couple of years and then do the sequel trilogy? Mm. I think you just keep the fucking momentum going because for, for example, I will probably watch the Game of Thrones prequel, but I think that not a whole lot of people are going to immediately jump on that bandwagon very easily. Mm. Yeah, maybe. I might. It's a completely different writer director group and it's an interesting part of the history that I've always kind of wondered yep. about. So... Okay. I mean by concept, but
0: Yeah, I'm I appreciate that. So probably. Right. Okay.
1: So yeah, so that, that was kind of that was kind of my point. Like, do you separate something that way just because the expanse mm-hmm. has a time jump inside of the series as well, so it's like they're saying they're done after this season six, but they're like we're we are going to finish the story one way or another. Um so it's it's intriguing.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
1: Anyway, so anyway, anyway, that was a that was a side tirade. But yeah, fuck fuck yeah. Love that. What a great way to end that chapter as well. But we move from there into chapter 73. Lyria at last she screams victor's long gone down the tunnel of course when they when they make it down to her and give her kind of the grenades and everything else she's chasing harmony breaking her fists slapping her hand stalking her as though she's a prey around the room predicting her movements even as she's like shooting where she thinks victor's gonna go victor steps the other way she's just better accosting her for her sins for her crimes and dude it hits it hits hard the way that, like, Lyria and Victra back each other up as they're, like, recounting the different things that she's done to each of them. And they're recounting, like, Lyria is talking about you killed her kid. You killed Ulysses. And Victra is the one who actually first mentions that you killed Lyria's family. Mm. And I, just that whole thing just hits saying that Victra fucking cares. That, that's the biggest, like, one of the biggest things is, like, it's kind of been an interesting couple of weeks right with victor where it's like well it seems as though she's caring more and more and more but now it's like no victor really does care she's just being a hard ass like she always is you know right. like she definitely cares
0: yeah yeah that was cool to see what i thought was really interesting here was the uh the motivation that kind of came out from harmony sure a little bit and you, you can kind of start to understand it a little bit more in that She talks about, and and she talked about it during her speech as well. She talks about her kids that died of lung cancer Mm -hmm. and how it had been cured for like 600 years. Yeah. Thinking about that, knowing that, all right, Fitchner is a gold. He knew about this. He could have saved her kids.
1: I don't know, but the kids died before, I think, she joined the Sons of Ares. Like, I, I don't think that that perfectly lines up on a timetable. Okay. But literally, to your point, though, the society could have. Like, right. in general, the reason that she's mad still fundamentally makes sense. Um, and she just she just places all of that hatred on the the entire system as opposed to the individuals who propped up the system. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of... That's a
0: component of it of course, but Right. It,
1: I mean it makes it it makes for a very complex conversation for sure.
0: She's still horrible and yeah. cold and like is running a in underage like child bride ring. Like, oof. she's not redeemable. But at least yeah. you see a little bit of perspective here. Right. For her motivations. Right, there's a little bit of something. You know, mm-hmm.
1: you kind of get a little bit more of an understanding. And I mean, especially, you know, you, you even get the extension of, you know, like she was a beauty and she was burned. And, you know, there's there's kind of a lot of different things that are trying to humanize her a little bit. In addition to the utter villainy that is her actions. Like there's the possibility of Harmony, if that makes sense. There's the possibility that Harmony could have been this great person that could have been this supporter of Aries. And that was for a time when she didn't know who Ares was and then lost it all and sold out Fitchner and, you know, fucked everything up. Yeah. In, in a big way. Everything I mean, like, up. Literally basically caused Morningstar, caused Darrow to go in the box, you know, basically had a petty revenge because Fitchner was a gold.
0: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much.
1: Fuck. Yeah. So, of course, after that, we immediately move into I'll permit you what I permitted the poet. Choose your last words. And her last words are, I'm valuable to the Republic. Oh, fuck you. (laughs) No, you're not. I I just, I can't believe it. I like reread all of the pages and I'm like, does she try to say anything else? Does, does she like say no, she doesn't. There's not a single attributed piece of dialogue after that line to her.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's fucking good. God. Is that delusion? Is that trying to convince herself? Is that is that trying to like plead for her life and that that's like value in in her being alive? Like what what is she trying to say here? I think that she's saying that she's an asset in
1: some way, right? Like she could control the hand, which is maybe limited, maybe there's more, but mm-hmm. you know. Is there yeah. and that's why I love Victor's response of nah just nah nah <laughs> yeah go but then fuck i mean if, if, go ahead oh i just, just nah go fuck yourself basically like that's she says bye bitch later which is just so good but victor is like about to stab her right and then fucking uh Leary is like no, no no i got a i got a better idea and really, I think that, like, vengeance here is earned against Harmony. We hear her, like, last dying scream as she's paralyzed by pit vipers that are thicker than Lyria's thighs put together. Like, and she's going to be impregnated for for the birth of the youngins in the next three days. You know, yeah. I... That's fucked. Like, yeah, that's a death worth, worse than just getting stabbed.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um... But it is an off-screen death or off-page death.
1: <laughs> Do I trust it? Oh man, oh man. Mm. You know, I think that this is one that has so much around it that it would be hard not to trust it. You know, PJ, look you at said how much that of the book that is about left. Mustang. It's fair point. Look how much <laughs> of the book is left. There's a like whole other got- book hundred and forty pages. I know, but what resolves now? Like, what? What could think about all the other Things characters? We've got Atlas. We've got Ajax. We've got Atlantia. We've got. I mean, Harmony's dead. I think, but mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I just to just to kind of tie it in too. Like, regardless of whether or not she dies, I don't think this changes. The impact that this moment has on Lyria, right? Oh, she, sure, she quotes Harmony lived on pain. She'll get it to the end. I don't miss the lesson, and that I think feeds back into the 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 sort of line of course, revenge is patient, and in the sort of understanding that Lyria was also living on pain. Lyria in the IG in in Iron Gold was totally in that mindset of like not not exactly what was me, but wow, I'm having the worst time as opposed to like trying to figure out a way to fight through it. But she did look positively in the moments to which she could. And then she got drugged down by Ephraim again. There there are a number of reasons that all of that makes sense. But she is realizing that I need to not do what she did and become that person.
0: Yeah. These last few sections have been really, really full of growth from Lyria. Mm hmm. And this just brings it to a head. I feel like, with her mm-hmm. really explicitly recognizing it, like, really, really herself recognizing the growth, which is kind of cool to see, without a yeah. doubt. Oh man, it's just—it's so good. It's so good.
1: So yeah, I—I I just I can't, you know. Mm-hmm. Now that you, we've we've arrived at this this end, we've arrived on the theme. You know the patience of revenge and everything like that. I, I just, you know, mm, I. What do you, what do you make of sort of Victra's? I, I guess like we've we've talked about, um, Lyria's Lyria's growth quite a bit in sort of Lyria's extraction of vengeance. What do you have on um, on Victra's here in sort of her um, redemption and kind of corner turn in a way? And I, don't, it's not full. It's not a full corner turn, of course. But you know, she seemed especially at the beginning of this book, and even in uh, Iron Gold, she seemed kind of. Even a little bit harsh, and still not perfectly on board with the Republic versus, you know, what she was yeah. raised in.
0: Well, I think I think using Harmony as sort of a catalyst for this growth for from, from both Victra and Lyria together and separately mm-hmm. made total sense. She was she was in a uh, she's been a villain in, intertwined into both of their lives, so allowing them to have this discourse and point things out and lyria being able to first of all stepping back and seeing seeing things maybe it's figment but seeing (laughs) um another option that's not as immediate but maybe a little bit more satisfying speaking up and pointing it out to victor and victor actually like taking that advice not acting on impulse like this is that patience this is them communicating effectively better together. Mm-hmm. This is collaboration. Like th- this is a whole lot of growth from both of them and the pair as, as a, as a single unit. Um, yeah, all because one slimy, slimy bastard lady gets to die.
1: Do you think that Victor will keep her around knowing kind of the combination of the figment plus, you know, kind of their relationship? Do you think Absolutely. that they'll continue together? Okay. Absolutely. I'm just curious. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah, man. It's um. It's great to see you know Harmony be put down because like I've I've made mention of many time. I I think if not solely responsible. I actually I don't think she's strictly solely responsible for Roke's position, but she is more responsible than most other people are in the story. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, Daryl ultimately makes the decision to try to
0: save him because he,
1: you know, wants him to live. But right. But yeah. It's um. But even Rogue
0: cites it as like the point where things changed.
1: Yeah, effectively. Right. The death of Quinn, I think, is what he cites. But I think that's just him
0: being spiteful because he's a poetic. Oh, he does, doesn't he? He does cite the death of Quinn. Yeah,
1: but he doesn't know the whole thing with harmony. He knows nothing about harmony, you know, barely anything. He's not going to know the the whole detail of the bombing and the planning. And, you know, it's not Mm -hmm. not info for him so right that's true so we're we're finally reunited with volga as well the girls vanna and lion little lion and victra before realizing that they may be fucked by the torch ship torch ship that rises from the sea our weekends and we move forward with who do you call answered by the
0: ever excellent mars Mm -hmm. i thought that was kind of a cool um callback as well because that's exactly what pax said so at a certain point they're thinking on a similar wavelength or at least lyria is thinking at a high enough level that it's it's the proper tactical choice and pax PAX is able to pick up on it you know Mm -hmm.
1: yeah right right exactly and, and they both kind of have that that mutual understanding that, like, well, Mars is a little bit of a different entity. And I think kind of the the interesting component here is that throughout this, even, you know, our last section with Virginia, too, that happened, I think, like, two weeks ago. Uh, even she was, like, looking to Mars. And, like, that's where they're going. And so it's like everyone's kind of pointing their their own way to Mars as though, mm. you know, this is where yeah. the center folds, if that makes sense. It's where it all began. Yeah, man. Um That's it for my thoughts, questions. Do you have any other, anything else that you want to bring up before we go into your prediction?
0: Mm, I don't think so right now. Okay. This was a pretty short and sweet like section. So we even added two chapters onto it, but I had so much fun reading it, man. Yeah. Like I got done with it and I listened to that. I listened to it like four or five times and they're Mm -hmm. like, I think I might add two more chapters on. And then 15 minutes after you texted me that, I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm listening to it again. So <laughs> like, I was so excited to keep reading this. And I think this ending, I, I think this this point was a good point to end on.
1: I would agree. It was just I was trying to, you know, keep, keep some like uh, tension going with the end of Harmony. And then I looked at it and I was like, that's not necessary. Let's just get her. Mm-hmm. When I reread through, when I was reading or after I listened through, I was like, picked up the book when I got home and I was like you know what? I think we should just do those two chapters. Let's just add those in. Yeah. So here we are. Yeah. But that makes for a good week for next week. Um, PJ, we're going to move into your predictions here. And I mean, there are really only kind of two questions. One, I'm not going to hold you to because I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense. Just kind of want your, your thoughts, kind of a generalization. But the one that I will hold you to is really the only thing left to ask is, What's next for Liria, Victor, and Volga, given Harmony's promise of a torchship and destruction and sort of uh, Volga's parentage and, and the importance there?
0: What's uh, what's next? I mean, nothing bad can happen because the band's back together, man. <laughs> uh, she, she, she's like looking at the radar and seeing these blips on it and more and more are yeah. like coming in. So I think what's going to happen is they're going to kind of take cover and watch a ship battle above them, assuming mm. their saviors, if that is who they are, it. are able to get through the aperture. Because there's like that big metal aperture that closes, right? Yeah. So assuming they're able to get through that, which maybe that's tall order, I think we'll see some cool space battle stuff. Yeah. And the torch ship
1: is huge. So.
0: Yeah. What? Point, point seven kilometers or something. I thought it was more than that, but
1: maybe yeah. It's, not, it's it's long, it's big, it's a big boy. Or did I four? Did I make that up? No, I, I, you're definitely close. I, I felt like it was longer than that for
0: some reason. Six hundred meters, 0. 0.6 kilometers.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. All right. That's right. Yeah, and I'm th- I think I'm thinking of. Um, uh the last fucking ship that was described which was like five kilometers or seven kilometers or something like that yeah it was was a big old dude but yeah torch ship makes sense that it's smaller anyway so smaller uh (laughs) okay yeah right smaller um my my other question for you is a little bit different uh what do you what do you think about sort of lyria given the figment and um sort of the kind of questions that linger around the orb and things like that just in general what do i think yeah i mean like do do you have any lingering thoughts on them is there anything you know what, what do you think going forward could be going on with kind of the orb and whatnot there
0: well so i think i have no idea as far as the orb goes there's some cool stuff described in there and i'd really like to uh to figure that out but what I'm trying to figure out is what she's going to do going forward. Because that Brown Figment was always kind of an assassin, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, or, or a, or a yeah, yeah, a thief, an, an assassin, a, a freelancer in general. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the word I was digging for. Yep. Um, and I don't think Lyria will go into that line of work so much. Okay, but she'll utilize these these skills, I think, for good. I think she'll, she'll she'll gain some prominence within the, uh, within the Republic or whatever exists of it. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's my only real thought on it right now is what she's going to do, how she's going to apply these new powers. All right, cool.
1: Sounds good. Like I said, not something to hold you accountable for, just kind of a a thought or a a question there. So, Mm -hmm. all right. So, with that, we're going to get into the question of the week. So, this was a holdover question that we had for two weeks because of kind of the the trip and whatnot um, and how we had to record episodes. So, the question was, what is your favorite escape that someone has made and why? Um, rather, I don't actually think I asked why, but dear God, I, I'd love whys. You know, like, let me know why <laughs> this is your favorite. I can interpret, and maybe that's fun for y'all, but... Uh, <laughs> so to start it off here cold-blooded of whom we're going to talk about a little bit later from our discord our patreon uh Guard- the guardians escaping the clin prison was awesome and i cannot agree more i can't believe that i didn't fucking think of that one that one just stands out in my brain as a, an absolutely magnificent example of uh of a breakout of an escape and i cannot believe i didn't think of the first guardians of the galaxy in that moment
0: yeah Xavier on our discord as well. Neo escaping his pod when taking the red pill. It's a pretty good, pretty good answer. I think
1: I, that's horrifying. Yeah. I mean like, yeah, absolutely. Great, <laughs> great call. Um, and one that is so like visceral when you think about it, you know, it's, it's not like, it's not just about the pod escape. Like it's not just about he's choosing to escape the fake reality you know so it's yeah there are layers
0: yes. they like an <laughs> and an ogre <laughs> all right <laughs> cool
1: <laughs> with that artificer from our discord as well our patreon uh <clears throat> andy dufresne's escape from the prison in shawshank redemption written by whom pj uh
0: aristotle oh. marcus aurelius
1: yeah uh, you you hit like number two and number three most talked about writers on the show
0: mm, yeah mm-hmm. mm. <laughs> i know it's fucking uh, stephen king
1: yeah right or tony's escape for in iron man one yeah i both of these are great i mean andy dufresne's escape is fucking legendary it's literally the stuff of academy award nominations and uh, one of the best novellas i think ever written but
0: mm. okay
1: Rita Hayworth and <laughs> the Shawshank Redemption man Yeah. Oh, so good and yeah I mean Tony's Escape and Iron Man only set up the entire MCU so like that's pretty cool and important too I get it
0: <laughs> yes maybe <laughs> Yes, maybe a little bit maybe. Um, our producer Tim Kerrigan on Tarsonis in Starcraft 1 I never played Which Starcraft 1
1: she dies she doesn't escape so when she gets taken over by the <laughs> Zerg she doesn't, she doesn't die, abandoned. then she gets No, she gets abducted, right? She gets abducted, taken to the Overmind, and turned into the Queen of Blades. It's a 20-plus-year-old mm-hmm. game, guys. I'm not ruining anything for you. But
0: for for how much I love StarCraft 2, I don't know why. I cannot, I've never played StarCraft I.
1: I cannot believe you have not played StarCraft I. The story is worth it even on the lowest difficulty. Like, it's just a good time.
0: I should. I think I own it.
1: It's like $10. If I, you I'm
0: don't. pretty sure I do. I just... Man, I need And it's time. Maybe. Yeah, that's time for games. Yeah, right.
1: But yeah, uh, Tim, you're a dirty bastard, and that doesn't count. But thank you for submitting an answer. <laughs> uh, Sharkbait. Actually, you're supposed to read this one. I'm sorry. I messed up.
0: What? We were supposed, to,
1: we were supposed to flip those. You got to read this one. This one's yours.
0: Uh, oh, no. <laughs> 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 In Harry I'm Potter. So sorry. The trios escape from literally any and every possible jam because Hermione One's brilliance.
1: <laughs> Did you really have to say Hermione One? I You're had to, to. I thought you were going to try a different one. No, like, of course I thought you were not. going to try a different pronunciation. No,
0: ah, no. yes, that's the correct pronunciation. And uh, I won't hear anything else. King, <laughs>
1: it's it's the words and whiskey official pronunciation for Hermione. Mm-hmm. Stamp from it, From PJ. Stamp official. it. Official. Put it on a shirt. <laughs> Our first shirt, Hermy one. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Thank God it's not Daero. Do you remember that? I remember that. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Fucking shit. <laughs> You're like, I'm gonna do this the whole time. And I'm like, it's gonna be a long year, dude, and I'm not gonna tolerate it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it lasted maybe a couple minutes. Two episodes, I think it went back I to it. Did I come back yeah. to it the next episode? I, can't, I
1: think I'm you did. Ever. And I think you also called back to it in a later episode randomly. But fair enough. Yeah.
0: Anyway, uh I'll just jump into me. And I was actually just listening to this today, but Bilbo's escape from the riddle contest with Gollum in the Hobbit. You're listening to it, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Are you you're you're
1: reading again outside of the context of the story? I am.
0: Whoa. I know. Oh my god, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> Whoa, that's that's mm. that was the goal, right?
1: <laughs> the Lord of the Rings, right? Is that is that up next? Doing the Hobbit, and then the Lord of the Rings.
0: Yep, yep. Nice. I've got them nice. all that's lined good. up. I've got all the all the audio downloaded.
1: Really good of you to refresh that before we go into the Dark Tower in like a year, just so mm-hmm. you've got it in the back of your mind. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, they're basically yeah. But I got through like half the book today. Oh, the Hobbit's easy. The Hobbit's yeah. an easy read. Yeah, love love the Hobbit. Mm-hmm. that's a great one though i i totally agree with you i think that's also very interesting because it's atypical right like it's definitely it qualifies as an escape for sure why why is why was that your favorite escape
0: um because it was the most recent no um just the the wit of it all and the sort of ridiculous postulation that there's this ancient uh, sacred rule to riddle contests that both of them have to abide by and that they're both kind mm. of breaking a little bit and just the the descriptions of the uh, the goblins hiding and and waiting for him and the seven foot long three foot high leap that he has to take to get out the door and it's all just really fun I don't know it's fun
1: yeah fun's a good way of putting it just curious just -hmm. curious as to why yeah good call now what's yours mine and like I'm honestly not trying to pander here but when I was sitting down to think about it I really love the heist and escape that is central to iron gold when Ephraim is abducting the children for the first time I think it is one of the best escapes on page period it is so good Mm mm-hmm That is so well written and so intense and like the not looking back at the explosions when they blow up the room that had the car in it. that They were taking the first time they get into the second vehicle like all of that brilliant wonderfully Mm -hmm. wonderfully done. Um, If I had to choose like a a close second that hasn't been mentioned because I'd probably put Shawshank Redemption there. Uh, I actually like the Guardians of the Galaxy escape from the um gold folks what are their names oh my gosh i'm such a nerd for this shit i can't remember um oh i'm gonna remember it in a little bit but it, when when they're escaping right off the bat uh in gardens of the galaxy 2 after stealing the batteries and, and killing the the giant alien on their mm-hmm. kind of initial quest you know and then rocket takes the batteries and they, they get chased from there right. that that is wonderful and then the distant third is like any Indiana Jones movie, like Running Away. Mm-hmm. Any that makes them. sense, yeah. Even much. even 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 the refrigerator scene. The no, refrigerator scene. Have you, have you seen Crystal Skull?
0: Not once in theaters, <laughs> when
1: when the nuke goes off and he's in the refrigerator and gets launched in the refrigerator. I don't remember that at all. Oh my god, it's so hysterically ridiculous (laughs) because it's lead-lined so it's like oh you can survive a nuke (laughs) fucking absurd all right so yeah anyone anyone but that one so for next week our question is going to be what's your favorite revenge story and why it should be wide-reaching yeah i mean it's it's pretty good yeah so we uh, we got we got a big revenge payoff this week, patience and vengeance and revenge here. So, I uh, I think that's a good good way to go. Yeah. That'll be good. So because of uh, of this week's slightly adjusted time frame uh, for or not time frame, but chapters, we are only going to be reading chapters 74 through 77, which is like five pages shorter than this week. It's like 41 or something like that. So chapter 74 to 77 uh, for next week, that should get you to the beginning of part four. So do not go through part four. Do not start part four. But that should get us up to part four. Finish part three. Yep, finish part three.
0: So that's where we'll leave you for the week. Thank you, of course, to our producers, Tim and Andrew, for helping keep our show's lights on. Also check out our links in the show notes if you could find you can find our schedule, Patreon, previous episodes, our websites, our socials, all in one convenient spot. We do want to take a second today to thank our new patron, Barback cold-blooded 007 thank you a million times for supporting our show good good buddy
1: good buddy good buddy thanks so much for all your contributions and uh adding a nice witty edge to the discord we love you so uh with that if you haven't already left a review please leave a review on apple Podcasts or subscribe on any platforms that you aren't on that is one of the biggest metrics for us big deal thank you so much everyone for all of your supports support and if you want to hear more from us like pj said check us out on patreon but other than that we'll see you next week
0: see you then
1: boy